Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Hello, good morning, and welcome to Raider Nation Radio here on... A beautiful and perfect hip-hop Thursday. It's Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Clay Baker, and you. And let's get it going. Oh, man, so much to get into today as we heard the press conferences from yesterday's minicamp. We'll play some sound from that. But we'll also ask you, beyond Derek Carr, who needs to step up for the Raiders in 2022? 69187 is the Sam and Ash text line. And you can reach us here on the phones at 702 365 9200 and on Twitter at RNR 920 AM as we broadcast live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Center Studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we we're just talking uh, before the uh, the show opened that uh, yeah, uh, the Warriors cruising in uh, game 3. Uh, just hit, shut hit off my patch. mic now, Clay. Uh, yeah, just uh, <laughs> How else do I explain it to make it soft for Heidi? 116-100, Celtics take a 2-1 lead in this series. You know, all you need is just one. You need a hug. Heidi needs a hug. You know what else happened this morning? I was coming in, and then I dropped my uh, cap off my coffee, and it spilled all over my driver's seat. So, like, you know, when you're on the freeway, and I was just trying to get a little bit of a sip and, and spilled, and it's on the back of my pants, I'm pretty sure. And I tried to get, as I have sometimes, you know, you go through drive through you get napkins, you store them up on top of the visor. Well, I grabbed some, and then they all fell down on me, and I'm driving. There's hot coffee. I'm a disaster today. <laughs> Off to uh, an auspicious start. Yeah, Heidi. yeah. It, was, it started because of last night's game, just turning it off. And, like, I was kind of watching it on my phone because my son had to play Mario Kart. So I was uh, at the phone. I'm watching it. Uh, you know, you, that point when you just want to kind of throw the phone. But, I mean, there were some good runs. There were some good runs, especially the third quarter. But it, you can't, there's turnovers by Steph and just uh, sad. Starting to show their age a little bit. It, <sighs> it feels like they're... It's weird. It's weird. Uh, they they it's just sad. need one. They just need to get one in uh, in Boston. That's, that's the key. That's what you got to focus Turn on. Turn around. Um, Game but, four, baby. But, but they are starting to show, and this is why this is such an important series um, to me for the Warriors because uh, they are getting to that point where you're, you, you're, you're seeing the beginnings of the end of that run, of the Warriors run with, with this group. And when you get those opportunities to hang one more banner, you, you just have to take advantage of it. And uh, I'd hate for the Warriors to let this one slip away because it could be the last time this particular group, the Clay, Steph, Draymond group gets back to this point. You have to take advantage. But you know what? The Boston Celtics are a hell of a basketball team. And they're, they're young. They're kind of in their prime right now. They're defending. They're well-coached. And uh, they're giving the Warriors all they can handle. Uh, I thought they were going to give us all the turnovers when their quarter started, and just, they were playing real sloppy ball there. For it was a minute. crazy, it yeah. Was, and it was a very, you know, like that game could have gone either way. The way the third quarter uh, panned out. Mm-hmm. Why did? Uh, why do you think the Warriors only scored eleven points in the fourth quarter, though? <laughs> that that just I, I still can't. What's going on there? Uh, How do you have the formula? They're getting deed up. Yeah. The formula to score, and then yeah. Plus, there were like three times, and I think Steph, I remember, had I think three in the fourth, three turnovers in the fourth. Then he got kill you. Then he got hit, like hurt, that ankle or something Mm -hmm. like that with his knee. Foot strain. Yeah. Foot strain. So that's that's gonna be question mark right there. You know, this morning I had a. uh, It wasn't a coffee incident, but (laughs) an incident. I want to hear that. I had had to feed. uh, I had to feed that 
damn cat and uh, <laughs> I, it was, I, I got the you know I got the canned Play food the cat man? and it stinks you know yeah canned oh, yeah. cat they food all stink. oh yeah chicken I, tuna liver you know I'm a cat man only because of by proxy I'm so like yeah I get the house and oh. the divorce in the you know you okay know, and the cat in the divorce because I remember we had this discussion <laughs> about cats yes and we were like ah cat okay mini cats <laughs> right, right. <laughs> have you guys ever been to the uh, Cardinals baseball field in St Louis. Oh, uh, no. Bush no. Stadium? I think I flew over it, maybe in an airplane, but I've never actually Right played. next door is Purina. <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. That's, yes. a, that's a lovely smell. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the rendered uh, meat fat and who knows what goes into it all. Meat. Yeah. What, what, what happened with the, <laughs> meat. What happened with the meat. cat, Clay? Sure. sure, Clay. Meat. I don't know what it was, but it was like one of those groggy mornings, and I was feeding the cat meat, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but uh, he has like a little plastic saucer thing, and he got to cut it up, and next thing you know, I'm kind of like wandering over there to put it on his uh, his little dish there, and uh, it fell out of my hand, and I think when that plastic dish hit the floor, it did like some sort of like modern art spray all over the wall, over all over this uh, couch Jackson we have Pollock. in there. <laughs> it was, it was a Jackson Pollock thing. It was a... <laughs> Oh, and uh, I had a, I had a, a clay casso. Two, like two different instances. I, had, I was cleaning up all over the place. There was so much cat food everywhere. Projectile cat meat, <laughs> right? <laughs> Projectile cat meat, and uh, it, and. And Bella the cat was looking at me like, am I gonna get any more? Because she could see Daddy was very upset. There was once. I'm sorry, I digress. It's so awful. There's these two guys from Australia that used to cover the UC, and they'd come out for big cards, and then they gave us those, you know, coupons for food, and you go in, you get different things. Always. But they were really like interested in getting a hot dog. And then they came up to me and they're like, it says all beef. What is in this hot dog? And I was like, uh, you don't want to know. Is that the truth? Maybe other things I can't really say on the radio. And they're like, are you serious? Like, I'm not even going to try to do the accent because I'll screw it up. And then they got up. They, they were just like, well, this is by far the most delicious of those things I've ever had. <laughs> Meat. Just enjoy it. Right? Just enjoy it. This is why Casey Kasem became a vegan. You know, like, why does it always have to be meat? Every time they have a Scooby snack, why can't it be vegetables? <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, Wouldn't be a Scooby snack if it was a vegetable. Well, that's the that's thing. Like, a fact. I mean, do you think Sorry, you get I, out I, in the mystery <laughs> machine for anything less than than meat? Meat. <laughs> Last uh, yesterday afternoon was uh, was fun. Uh, it, 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 I, I'm starting to worry about the media members though, staying out in the sun a little too long. Like, it's like I'm, I'm starting to like I'm, I'm starting to count the the bodies that look like they're beginning to drift. Like we, they, they feel we like need they, to get in shape just like the players do. <laughs> right? yeah. If the hey. players can do it, we can do it. I so no 15. complaining. No complaining. Fifteen uh, we are, incline push-ups yesterday. Yes. I did. Uh, there's, it's, it's definitely hot out there. There's it's no hot question. Out there. But uh, there's no complaining. No moaning. No no none of that uh, is is to be allowed uh, in the media room. We can we could, we're going to grin and bear it just like the play. I mean, how about um, Brandon Bolden yesterday talking about how he he likes the heat. We were talking to him after practice yesterday. He's like, I'm not going to lie. I kind of prefer it. I'm like, what are you talking about? But, Intensity. But, you know, there's a lot of players. When you talk to players who grew up in Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, they know a different type of heat, uh, the humidity. And we were talking about that yesterday, about what do you prefer? Which would you rather be working in, the humidity or this type of heat? And um, there's there's a lot of people who would rather deal with this type of heat than the humidity. Humidity just drains. Like yes. a 98 in Baltimore. Oh, no. In August, mm. compared to 105 <laughs> here, 
Yes, yes. You would rather the 105 here. Oh, my God, yeah. You you can't get anything done in that kind of weather, right, Heidi? No, I went to a wedding, actually, in Baltimore in the summer last year, (laughs) and I uh, brought my curling iron. Big mistake. Ladies will know what I'm talking about. If you're trying to curl your hair in that kind of heat, it just, like, drains. It comes out, and it just doesn't stay, and your hair is like... Like, well, it, it makes you sweat even more, and so nothing gets dry. No, ever. it's just completely. I, I didn't know what I was thinking, but like in New York, even when I lived oh, there, yeah. like you got to change human. your clothes like three day, three times a day. Yeah, if you're out walking around and that stuff. So. I, I look like I combed my hair with a pork chop when I step off the plane in that humidity. Like I look ridiculous, man. It's like my hair just immediately absorbs all oils and and, and humidity and and moisture. I so, literally had a vision of you yeah. doing that with the pork chop and just like the fat from the pork chop slathering over your head. That Elvis movie's coming out. Just wait. You oh. want to see some good pork chop? It's right here, honey. Um, yeah, no when to say when in the heat. That's my last message. Yeah. Just no when to say when. Tap out when you have to. They it's get a no, lot of work done, No though. shame. Do you, do you like the practices uh, instead of at 7.30 like they were last year? Well, no. They'll, they'll go back to 7. Are they going to do that? Yeah, we're in okay. mini camp right now. Training camp is when they move to 7 a.m. Really? Right. Way yeah. too hot, though. I didn't know if they established yeah. a time uh, for that or not. Okay. No, it's there's no way they're going to be able to do training camp. <laughs> Think about it. It's another month from now. It's so mm-hmm. presumably it's going to be even hotter. Yeah. Like uh, so you have to, unless, unless they're going to do it inside. Uh, or unless they're gonna, you know, do it on Allegiant Stadium, which I doubt they're gonna be able to do that. But uh, but yeah, there's come you know late July, which is when they're gonna still probably start around July 24th because they're they're in that Hall of Fame game. So I don't see any other way around it other than doing the crack of the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. Thing. And and yeah. people need to understand that that backs everything else up because you don't just show up and practice in the NFL. There's meetings before practices. Mm-hmm. There's you know uh, breakfast. There's nutrition. There's all. Therapy, all that type of stuff that that happens before you even get on the field. So back it all up to about five o'clock in the morning um, when when you're starting to get ready just to Ooh. go out there and practice. So it's a it's a it's a long day, and I know John Gruden used to talk about that quite a bit. Uh, just being out here in the desert and having to work around that, and then during the regular season they'll kind of get back to more of where they are right now, tennis okay. or so. All right, yeah, I wondered how far they would uh, you know kind of manipulate those times because it, it makes a big difference. Yeah, it does. And then during the regular season, from what I understand, because if you we, we talk about the Patriots all the time, well, what time do the Patriots practice? Talking to their media members all the, all various mm. times. So there's there's times where they're practicing late in the afternoon. There's times when they're practicing in the morning. Um, so there's I don't know if there's a rhyme or reason to it, but um, typically, you know, they they you know, uh, Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. So. He, he switches it up, so I'd assume idea that they're going to do the same thing here with uh, with the Raiders. Yeah, you'd think so, and that has to be something that they consider just because of, like you're saying, heat. Heat alone is going to be just detrimental to anybody out there in July. Um, and I think when you, you think about, like you're saying, all the, the stuff that they go through and how they get ready and all of that, like I was listening, I was telling you guys when I came in, I was listening to Shane Vereen talk about how he went down on a South uh, down south tour um, with Stephen Ridley back when, and they went into the south and like ate like uh, he said like kings for like three days straight and came back overweight and they, they had to do all the checks on them and say like hey, you got to get in. So they did this right before training camp. <laughs> Yeah, right before training camp. Uh, who advised those? Man. You never do a southern food tour before something yeah. important like that. that it was amazing. Could, yeah, but, and the food down there is just tremendous. So All uh, cooked in the best stuff from Earth. Lard. Lard. Right. <laughs> it, but it's like everything in the south is either going to be, you know, even if you just want to do meats, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to stay protein only. 
everything has got tons of salt. But, you know, uh, everything's got to be dry rubbed up to the hilt, right? Um, and, and inside has to be like immediate butter with mac and cheese, uh, uh, greens. Everything has like some sort of oil based uh, tenure to it, and uh, that's why. That's why they're great. That's why those people are from wonderful. The South and he used to make stuff like he'd make greens and like I didn't know at first what the greens were about and then like the, I don't know what he did to them because I haven't found like the this another place that is done them the same. Oh yeah, but yeah, he's from <laughs> North Carolina and he made them like in this giant pot and then the, they come out and he had like, this chili pepper stuff on it, but it was like oh, yeah. perfectly matched with the butter and the stuff that was on I don't know stuff because the greens are really good. Yeah. Oh, delicious as an italian because i cook a lot too uh the the trick is when you have your recipe and you want to give it away you always keep one ingredient for yourself the the, the key to the whole thing you keep it to yourself (laughs) you hold out yeah Yeah, of course you You can't nobody ever really knows yeah Yeah. you can't uh you can't be giving out the whole the whole uh (laughs) trick yes in italy they call it the muerta it's like the silence you have to you have to look was muerta it was death speaking of silence (laughs) you have to look the other way jonathan abram has become quieter and quieter. Silence uh, too good. What is going on? Well, it started last year. I think Heidi would agree with me. Uh, last year, remember they he he basically came out or or the DB coach last year said, mm-hmm. "Look, we've told him less talk, more play." Basically, yeah, like shut up, be quiet. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be so loud. And um, it's interesting with Jonathan Abram. We don't know what his future is going to hold here uh, with the Raiders. Um, I think he has a chance to maybe play his way into another contract. It's not going to be an astronomical type of a deal or anything like that, uh, but something that keeps him around. Uh, but it's it's interesting with Jonathan Abram because, I do you know, when he first came uh, to the Raiders, he had a lot of brashness to him. Uh, there was a lot of bravado. There was a lot of personality, which is great. Uh, I don't deny anybody that. But the key in professional sports is you have to back it up on the field. And I felt like he put the personality part of it ahead of the actual production part of it. And uh, it's it, it turned it turned on him. Uh, and now you're looking at a guy who's just extre- – there's, there's two types of uh, professional athletes. There's guys that have been humbled – and there's guys that are going to be humbled. It's just really a matter of time before that before that usually happens. I love happens. that line, by the way. Yeah, it's true. And and he got he's gotten humbled. There's no question about it. And you look and listen to Jonathan Abram. It's completely different than the early Jonathan Abram. Here's a guy that's just really fighting for an opportunity to show that he's a viable NFL player moving forward. Yeah, I mean, and too, what we <clears throat> do with these you know players when they come into the NFL, like when Abram. And Jacobs and Clee were all drafted. They were heavy in the spotlight because they did represent that first class brought in. The future. By, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by Mayock and Gruden. So I think a lot of spotlight was put on them. Heck, we even did a whole uh, thing week to week with Jonathan Abram one on one, like every single week leading up to you know the second season and uh, training camp and all and having the spotlight like that and having everybody come in and, and like watch exactly everything you're doing and follow you around for the day. I mean, all of that stuff, even it just for any person can become taxing. So I try to think about it from that mindset as well. In addition to what you're saying, like as far as being humbled and all that, and just try to think of him as a person, like maybe it's just been too much. He wants to step away from the media for a minute, just focus on the game. And that's not a bad thing for him just to focus on the game. No, not at all. Uh, but, but even in the stuff, in 
addition to what he was doing for the Review Journal, I remember that. But, yeah. but also his Instagram and things that he was doing mm-hmm. on videos and the shopping sprees and things like that. It, it just felt yeah, like. I remember that one. Yeah, it felt like. Again, it was like. Too much flash. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't begrudge anybody that. Uh, but you have to earn it on the field first. That's where it all starts. We talked earlier, um, Clay, uh, before the show started about Dennis Rodman. Oh, man. All right, I go back yeah. to Dennis Rodman when he was just Dennis Rodman, Worm, basically. <laughs> Worm. You know, and he was a good player, a good, solid player, but but uh, to have known him then, you would have never predicted what he was going to ultimately become. Uh, but the first, he put the work in on the court and became a really good and effective player, uh, and then started realizing, hey, I can I could parlay this into some off court stuff and a persona and an image and all that type of stuff. But it all started with what he was doing on the court. That's that's. That has to be the first and primary focus. And I felt for Jonathan, I felt like it got out of whack a little bit. He tried to do a little too much of the personality and all that off the court, off the field, uh, and wasn't really backing it up on on the field. And now he's at a crossroads without question. But Dennis Rodman got Madonna. She helped. There's no question about it. I mean, she, she that's was only after he won two uh, yeah, NBA titles and that. a Defensive Player of the Year award. And, very, yeah, and very talk. soon after, he, the, the image, the crafted image uh, of, of, of Rodman and, and that side of him started coming out. She was very shrewd in that regard. She helped him without question. And he would tell you that. Oh, big time. Um, yes. I think it was on Oprah. Didn't he talk about it? I think he did. Yeah, yeah. And there was, I mean, when you think about, like, that, like there were fan, non-basketball fans who knew who Dennis Rodman was. That yeah. was, the, that was, you know. Uh, crossover. The, the crossover. But, yeah. you know, in a smaller sense, Jonathan Abram, you know, being, trying to be this personality uh, without first doing it on the field. And, and the other part of it, he hasn't been able to stay on the field, um, you know, whether it was his rookie year, and that wasn't his fault or anything like that. But then last year, missing three games down the stretch, including the playoff game, the year before, there were some COVID-type issues that, uh, that 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 plagued him a little bit. Uh, and even when he's been on the field, it hasn't been like, you know, he's been this great player. There's flaws in his game, and there's there's ways you almost have to coach him up and put him out on the field to, to mitigate some of the, some of the weaknesses. Uh, but it'll be interesting. This is obviously a cross, crossroads year for him, uh, not only here with the Raiders, but also, I, I would say, in the NFL. It is, and it, this is that point of the year where you start to take a look at, you hear a mindset that comes out of camp right now, but who really needs to step up? Is Jonathan Abram one of those guys? He definitely needs to be in a spot where his role last year is not the same role this year that he's guaranteed a spot. He's going to have to fight for time. Let's take a break. We'll come back on more of that. Beyond Derek Carr, who else needs to step up in 2022? And we'll touch on Abram as well as perhaps another Raiders draft pick. Drafted very high. He spoke yesterday as well. All that and more on Raider Nation Radio. Hit up the show on Twitter at Clay Baker Radio. And now back to the morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I'm right on time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't I? I mean, I put the work in just like everybody else. So, you know, the confidence comes from getting out there, getting the reps, and constantly just building things, you know, not what the media says. Of 30 seconds, Bridgewater back, pump fake, fires, intercepted, picked up by Abram. Just go down, young man, go down. And they were able to roll him toward the out-of-bounds marker, and they stop it with 24 seconds to go. Honestly, um, I don't even think about any of that. Uh, so, you know, I just show up to work every single day just to get better. That's about it. John Abram from yesterday's pressers. It's Raider Nation Radio. Vinny, Heidi, Clay. 
on the Hip Hop Thursday. What did John mean by, I don't care what the media says? Because the media wasn't saying anything at the press conference. Is, it, is he referring to something before? Well, he's been, you know, every, all of his flaws have been pointed out over and over and over. He hasn't been a good mm-hmm. player. Um, consistently good player. And uh, there were issues in terms of pass coverage and uh, big mistakes that uh, the, the game against Kansas City when he left Travis Kelsey wide open uh, in the end zone in 2020, sure. um, leaving his responsibility to go, you know, he saw something or thought he saw something and, and left Kelsey wide open. Um, there's been some glaring mistakes by Jonathan Abram, and he's been criticized for that. So, I mean, he's a human being. He, he hears it. He reads it. Uh, social media uh, lets him know uh, about it. Uh, I, I do feel like... I felt like last year and the role that he was playing as in that box safety position um, helped kind of manage some of his weaknesses uh, on the football field and accentuate some of his strengths. I mean, he was second in the team in tackles with 116, and that was in 14 games. You know, he missed um, the what was it? He got hurt in the Cleveland game, I guess it mm-hmm. was. Lost for the season from that point on. Um, so there were things that he was doing well. He's. I felt like he turned the corner in some ways. Uh, last year to be a player that was more of an asset rather than a liability. Um, But we don't know what his role is going to be here this year. And if you go on his track record, uh, he's kind of limited in in, in what you can ask him to do before you ask him to do things that are going to ultimately hurt you as a football team. And to that, I think, like you said, I remember Alex Leatherwood saying this yesterday, you know, I'm a human. I hear and I do have feelings and I, I do process this stuff. So, you know, some of it could be part of how he's reacting to all of this stuff. Like you, you look at PFF and you see his grade and you're like, hey, like in the 50s, I believe, overall as a safety, um, though he is good on the tackles, like you said, it, you don't leave your wingman. And he left his wingman, Clay, a few Dude. times to go after what he saw. Like he, he has a nose for the football. He sees where it goes and he wants to get after it, but he's not keeping in his coverage zone or his assignment and that's blowing a lot of plays that happen down the line. So you can't just rely on the other 10 guys on the field to pick up the slack for you. You have to carry your weight as well. Taking bad yes. angles on, on tackles, um, not being able to provide uh, legitimate coverage uh, in in the past game. This is a guy who was ranked what the, the worst or second worst safety in the NFL the year before. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, it was, I think he had given bad. up like 109 point something on like a passer rating to opposing quarterbacks. Even last year was it was over, it was 105 um, last year and and that was in a in a, in a more limited role uh, in in the past game so um, I mean obviously he's going to hear about that and then it, it, let's let's face it he's a he's a first round pick who the team opted not to pick up his fifth year option that's conspicuous that's going to draw headlines um, and he's going to get asked about it and he doesn't want to sit out there and, and talk about that you know and and I and, and so, like I said. Uh, there's been some humbling, no doubt about it, hmm. of Jonathan Abram, um, and and now he he he's got this one really one last opportunity, I think, with the Raiders, uh, and I think the the rest of the NFL is watching as well to determine who are you, what are you, are you a guy that can be an asset to a football team uh, or a liability. And too often with the Raiders, he's been more of a liability than an asset, and you just can't have that on a, on a, on you know and expect it not to hurt you. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised at that comment because uh, you know, it's it's not the media that you should be focusing on. You know, you shouldn't draw your motivation from trying to prove people wrong. If that's really what you're trying to do now in year 4 or whatever of your career, like that's Clay, you, let me you, tell you something. You got to get Whatever whatever it takes to get you 
Uh, That's what I was going to say. Yeah, man, you, you use whatever. I remember talking to J.J. Watt about this. He's like, I, you know what? Even if I don't feel like there's a slight, you you damn better sure be sure that I'm going to make something up and make it a slight and make me and let that be my motivation. So in Jonathan's case, it's it's warranted. He gets criticized all the time, uh, and I'm sure that he's going to use that as fuel as he should. Whatever the criticisms are out there, whatever the negative talk is uh, uh, out there, um, he needs to say, you know what, I'm going to shut all you guys up. And mm-hmm. if that's the motivation uh, that it takes for him to to lock down on what he needs to do and improve some of the uh, weaknesses, uh, he has every right to do it and he should do it. But even if there wasn't talk like that, trust me, every great player, every player is going to use something as a slight to put that chip on your shoulder in order to give you the edge that you're going to need to go hit the weight room, uh, to, to spend your off seasons wisely and not being, um, you know, irresponsible and, and, and study and do all the things that you need to do to be a great player. Whatever it is, you manufacture it, you do whatever you got to do, uh, to get that chip on the shoulder. For every Yoda, there's an angry Anakin Skywalker. And you need angry Anakin Skywalker to get up and become Darth Vader and then take Luke Skywalker and, Make him realize his true potential. It, that, that, that's a very personal comment. I mean, that means <laughs> that means you're fighting for your own identity and for the you know uh, you know you you. you I have no idea down. what you guys are talking yeah, about. I just say like basically everyone needs a nemesis. That's no what I'm trying to get it. at. Look at Kevin if, Durant. Yeah, one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA has rabbit ears on Twitter. I mean, he responds to every, not everything, but he, he will fight back and he sees it and he hears it and he responds to it. And you're thinking you should be so above it all, but you know, for Kevin Durant, that's what he needs sometimes to, to, you know, get the ire up and, and get the focus on and, and, uh, and, and whatever edge he needs to, to create for himself. That's what he, that's what he uses. So. Exactly. Alex Leatherwood is a guy that, Oh, well, I will even, <laughs> Sorry, you can see in my belly. <laughs> But we bring up John Abram because we're asking the question uh, beyond Derek Carr, who needs to step up in 2022? Abram's on that list. Alex Leatherwood's on that list. But there was a comment that Alex had said, and I really liked how Alex uh, spoke yesterday. Uh, He's motivated to get better. And he heard the criticism last year. He's somebody that, you know, had to absorb it. But when he spoke yesterday about that, it made me feel like, you know, the criticism was taken, but then it was also, you know, it was used only in the fact that I know I need to get better and I'm not going to dwell on what people think. I can get better on my own. This is Leatherwood from yesterday. Right. Uh, yeah, of course. Naturally, at first it was. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm human. I got emotions. You know what I mean? I'm also um, prideful in what I do and my product. You know what I mean? So um, at first, definitely it was a attraction a little bit. Not, you know, not anything crazy. But uh, I learned to, you know what I mean, just block all that out. You know what I mean? Um, and... Just um, be where my feet are and focus on me and getting better every day, every day, every day, no matter what anybody said, because my coaches, my team, my teammates, they all believe in me. I believe in myself. So He didn't take it personally. He did hear the criticism. It hurt. He said that. Of course. But he put it away so he could get the job done. And as you brought up, and you brought up, you asked him that question, how did the game kind of slow down for you in the second half of the season? And he was like, it did. Once he got rid of all that distraction and, and, and you know, worrying about every little thing, he, he came to it. The game came to him better. Yeah, it, it, it did. And, and, you know, if you're, you know, sometimes you have to 
put yourself in other people's shoes. Um, you know, especially in our job, uh, when you write about people and talk about people, it's it's healthy to do that. And when you put yourself in Alex Leatherwood's shoes, here's a guy that was drafted 17th overall. That's not his fault. The Raiders decided he was the 17th best player in the draft, and they drafted him. It was um, a, a, a draft selection that many people panned because of where he was drafted. Nobody felt like Alex Leatherwood was the 17th best player in the draft. The Raiders decided that. That's not his fault. All right, number one. So, A, he comes in with a target. B, he comes in as a rookie needing to fill a huge hole at right tackle. Remember, the Raiders traded Trent Brown the year before that that, that, that offseason. So it created a hole at right tackle. Here comes Alex Leatherwood, who was drafted higher than many people thought. Not his fault. Uh, and now all of a sudden he's a rookie with a target having to replace a, uh, a pretty decent player in Trent Brown when he was out on the field. Uh, on a high-profile team that had playoff aspirations. Every weakness, every flaw, every mistake was going to be magnified because this wasn't a team that, oh, they're going to win five games, we'll live with the rookie right tackle uh, and and live and die with it. It'll be all right, better days are ahead. This was a team that had huge aspirations from the get-go, and the weakest link is always going to be the one that draws the most focus. And so in his case, there was a lot on his plate in addition just to trying to make the transition to the NFL and he heard about it and people criticized him. There was a position change um, which was high profile uh, as well and of course there's going to be a lot of criticism especially in the position that he was in and of course Heidi he's going to hear that. Yeah and that's just yeah of course you're a public figure you're part of hearing things that happen. I was listening to um, you know Sirius XM radio on the way in and I'm hearing them talk about Najee Harris and <clears throat> how he came into camp and how he went after reporters as well yesterday because they were saying that he looked like he had put on weight and bad that they weren't sure uh, bad weight okay. that you know, he was a little pudgy a little bloated so uh, he came back at them and said you know not everyone has to be right there right now but we're gonna get there for training camp so don't this is just many you know OTAs mini camp mm, I don't like there. That. yeah so it's like one of those things that everybody's going to be called out on something and you're right. going to either have to be ready for it or you take it and you use it as fuel. Yeah. And I, and I think that um, hearing Alex talk about how tried to tune it out. And I think, and I wrote yeah. about this, that's rule number one for a young player, uh, especially when you're making that transition and it's not going well, just, and you know what, even sometimes for the, for the players that are getting all the accolades, Try to tune it out. Put it all in perspective, the good and the bad, and just focus on your job mm -hmm. uh, as much as you possibly can. Uh, it's difficult and almost impossible nowadays because of social media, yeah. and everybody has access. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has a platform. Everybody can respond to whatever um, you tweet uh, or you know start their own tweet, and mm -hmm. uh, you know everybody has a podcast. Everybody has this. Everybody has that. So it's coming from all angles. And for somebody like Alex Leatherwood, who I think has all the necessary requirements physically, mentally, uh, and in every which way to be a good, credible NFL player, uh, I think it's important for him to just try to focus uh, on on the task at hand. What did he say? Be where your feet are planted. Make that the priority and don't worry about everything else. And it's such a short window of time that these guys have. Like some of the comments I heard, you know, going around, it's like, it's one thing to get there, but how do you stay there? And how do you create mm -hmm. <clears throat> your legacy in this sport? What do you leave behind? Those are all things that these players think about day to day as they take the field, as they put their cleats on, as they get out there in the 100 plus degree heat and they're trying to get to a goal as a team, but they're also individuals and they all have their own role and their own weight to carry. So I think when you start 
breaking it down into you know what the mental capacity is, what the physical capacity is. It all works hand in hand, of course, because a lot of, you know, you're nothing without your mental strength out on the field. You know, your fortitude is everything and how you approach things, your attitude is everything. So I think if how you try to put that together as an athlete and still be elite level, it comes down to things like the person that Darren Waller is or the person that Max is. He set his goals. He stuck to it. He accomplished them. Now people praise. You know, if he maybe didn't accomplish everything. People still might have noticed the effort, but would he be on the level that he is now? And we could say all that, uh, Heidi uh, and Clay, and it, and it all makes sense and it's all valid, but uh, the bottom line is this is a results-oriented business, mm -hmm. and it's time for Alex Leatherwood to take the next step and be the player that the Raiders had hoped uh, he would be. And as I, I, I wrote about this, um, you know, this is a big year, obviously, for him. That goes without saying. Uh, but he also is going into a year without a support staff that invested him in draft picks and, you know, uh, there, there was a vested interest that John Gruden and Mike Mayock had in us because they went out on a limb and, and drafted him. Um, and so they were going to give him every opportunity to succeed and to warrant and to prove that their faith in him was warranted. Well, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, it's not like they're itching to get rid of him. I'm not saying that at all, but they're not vested and invested in Alex Leatherwood as much as the previous staff was. No. So as a result, there is a sense of urgency for Alex Leatherwood to prove his worth here and to prove that he, again, can be a liability or, excuse me, an asset rather than a liability. And I'm not so sure that there's going to be a long, um, you know, runway provided for him to show that. I think it's going to be, you got to get this thing done now or, or else they can move on to somebody else. So there's a sense of urgency for Alex Leatherwood, and it'll be fascinating to see if he responds well to that and what kind of a player Alex Leatherwood is going to be because this is, again, a playoff caliber team, and you're only going to be, this is a cliche, but as strong as your weakest link, and you don't want the offensive line, you don't want one specific position, Alex Leatherwood, uh, to be to impede you from getting to where you uh, rightfully believe you should be getting to. He uh, was a guy that felt like, all right, if I'm going to have a short off season, I need to fill it with something. I need to find a way to, to get better in this off season before we get back to minicamps. And it was that interview you guys did with Josh McDaniels, your exclusive you did. Um, and he said, I think the words was Alex has got to carve his own way. You know, he's got to carve out something. And it, so they were looking for him to really improve. They want to see it. And I think he did something in the offseason that bodes well for what he needs to do now. And we'll come back with that here on Raider Nation Radio. It's Vinny, Heidi, and Clay on your Hip Hop Thursday. Just all these guys at the Oxnard Civic Center, by the way. Oh, nice. This Sam. Great show. Oh, yeah. By the way, just want to let you know that this part of the show is sponsored by... The Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Maybe Steph Curry needs to call oh, the no. Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Well, if it helps him get through game four, I'm about there it. There you go. Let's you go. know, because there's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope. And right now, do the Warriors even have any hope? Oh, yeah. It's only 2-1. Right. There's hope. We'll there's see. hope to be had. We'll see. Um, <laughs> you sound a little nervous, I Heidi. Was, yeah. No, I said in five <laughs> before. I was way so more now, confident yesterday. I, I said Warriors saying. in five before, so now I'm going Warriors okay. in Six. <laughs> wow. Sex seven. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. The Rapa the Pain Center of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms persistent forms of pain. Call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain free a life as possible. That number is 702 
257-7246. Maybe I should get this number to Raymond Ritter, uh, the Warriors' great PR director, former Laker PR um, staff member. Maybe he could get this to uh, Steph Curry because I don't know, man. Steph needs to be out there. I'm not sure if the Warriors – I'm not even not sure. The Warriors have no chance without Steph Curry. I think just I'm with just the silent into, because I don't want to think about that yet. Uh, I, it opens up I, more for Draymond. What do they oh, do? They do they play again tomorrow? Uh, they, they probably play Saturday or Sunday. I would Jeez. have to think. Like they got another Man, like, week what off. What is this? A, yeah. a, a vacation or or is it a playoff series? It's like it's like five days off between games. It seems game like. seven is July fourth. No, <laughs> is it really? Probably. Uh, we, we talked about Alex Leatherwood yes. trying to do whatever he could to get better. Right. There, there was an idea here of like you have to go in the off season to do it because during the season the coaches aren't there to coach you up. During he, the season the coaches are there. Well, you during know, during the off season they're not. It, during the season, if you need a lot of work, there you're, you're going to have to find a, your own way to get it done because they're moving on. If you can't fill the role. Oh yeah, and yeah. last year, case, yeah. Tom Cable, as good as he was, they they didn't have time to start fixing and you know uh, trying to fix all the problems on that leaky offensive line. But in the off season, you know, you see Alex Leatherwood taking this very seriously. He attended a very famous camp that is available from Duke Mayweather. Talk about this. He's helped me a lot. Just um, basically um, taking things back to the basics. You know what I mean? Um, not not putting um the car in like in front of the horse, things like that. So just going back to uh, the basics and fundamentals of O-line play, pass protection, the run game, stuff like that. So just um, breaking it all down, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, Duke Mayweather, I tell you, it's a, a prestigious club. Uh, he's been doing it for a while from uh, out of South Central Los Angeles, the big boys club, they call it. But Duke is a guy that's, you know, helped a lot of people along the way. His final five O-line academy is something that uh, you get better. And maybe helping him make that leap from year one to year two, Alex Leatherwood did everything he could in this short amount of time in the offseason to go in, into that stratosphere to get better. And, you know, maybe that hard work starts to pay off because he looked a little different when he was up there yesterday. Yeah, he looks. Uh, he definitely looks like um, he's in better uh, physical condition, uh, and that's part of it too. Uh, we talk about this quite a bit. Um, you know, you're a professional now. You're this is twenty four seven football. There's no more. You have to go to class, or um, you don't have the means sometimes to eat correctly all the time. You've got everything available to you from the team's plan, the nutritionist, the uh, you know they're going to put together meal plans for you, uh, conditioning plans for you. So it's on you. And if you do take advantage of all that, you're going to see a better change uh, or change for the better uh, with your body. And that tells me just looking at him physically, that he uh, paid attention to that and he focused on that and he did the right thing. You would assume and presume that if he was as diligent in that regard, he was as diligent as, um, you know, in terms of the actual play as well. So it bodes well looking at him to say, okay, if he if he, if he he put the time into that, then he put the time in with everything else. However, we're going to see. We don't know. And, and you know, Tuesday, uh, first day of minicamp, he took the majority of first-team snaps at right tackle. Yesterday, it was Brandon Parker yeah. who was taking the majority of snaps at right tackle. So whatever we want to sit here and say, whatever Alex Leatherwood is saying, how good he looks, no matter how good he looks um, – and I know that it's 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 probably foolhardy to read too much into the depth chart right now, but it would also be naive not to read something into it that he's not getting every single first-team snap at right tackle and that he's sharing that right now with Brandon Parker. There's a reason that that's going on. 
Alex Leatherwood needing to step up in 2022, it makes me feel like, uh, what would that be? Does he have to solidify a starting spot? Or because he mentioned he's playing other positions. Like he worked he ain't on helping play. the team from the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Play. He's worked on other positions to at least remain versatile enough to be uh, in the mix, yeah. I would have to say. They still list him as a guard and tackle. Uh, yeah. So it's, you know, I think the idea, too, that we've already heard from Carmen Brasillo is that they're all interchangeable at this line, the way that he's trying to build it. So someone goes down, they have someone ready to go. And it doesn't matter what position, what side of the line, they're all getting it in at each position. Though, granted, we've seen Leatherwood more at right tackle in this mini camp, but it's still the idea behind it is that anybody can be ready to go at any time. And one thing that I'm hoping that this offensive line can do is improve what happened with the rushing last year because there were only one, two, three, four, five, six games where the Raiders were able to go over 100 yards in rushing. And uh, some of that, of course, like we were talking about, penalties, false starts, jumps, things that happen um, that can be cleaned up that have maybe negated some of those running yards mm-hmm. that were uh, already achieved and then it got called back. You know, So those are things that could help. There's, there's some games that they were just on the edge with like 80, 85 rushing yards. But if you can open that and get more balance to that side of the game, it starts with the line up front. Yeah, without question. And, uh, and I think that him playing some guard as well uh, opens the door for – the potential to make a trade or, or go out in free agency to get a strictly right tackle or a strictly right guard or beef up the guard uh, spot and then he can play right tackle. But one way or another, um, it's imperative. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not sugarcoating it here or, or stretching it. It's imperative uh, that he takes a big step forward uh, in year two because again, when you have these types of expectations that the Raiders do. Um, you can't there there you you can't have an area of the team that's just going to hold you back you just you just can't now now you could go back to last year and as flawed as that offensive line was and this is a reminder that and an important reminder they still won 10 games and made the playoffs with a bad offensive line mm-hmm. so even just a little bit of improvement can go a long way mm-hmm. can they survive another year like that from the offensive line uh i i don't think so All right, let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side. It's Raider Nation Radio here on a Thursday. It's Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Clay Baker, and you. We'll take phone calls at 702-365-9200 on the Realty One Group listener line and ask you, beyond Derek Carr, who else needs to step up in 2022? And we'll have more audio from yesterday, especially where it may have uh, outlined what we might see a little bit more out of the running back room. All that and more here on Raider Nation Radio. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.